Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It's 9.30 in 716. I'm Susan Rose. I'm Brian Mazarowski. Outside, right now, clear skies. We have 42 degrees in Buffalo. The death toll in Florida from Hurricane Ian, still unclear. Officials confirming at least... 11 deaths as of this morning. President Biden warning the death toll is likely to rise significantly. The numbers of still are still unclear, but we're hearing early reports of what may be substantial loss of life. And overnight, millions still without power. Officials saying it could be weeks before power is restored in some areas, with parts of the power grid needing to be completely rebuilt. Justin Finch, ABC News, Tampa, Florida. Now over two and a half million without power. Morgan Norwood is in Tampa. The storm making history, hitting southwest Florida as a Category 4 hurricane, one of the most powerful storms to ever make landfall here. Boats thrown onto dry land, entire neighborhoods underwater in Fort Myers. Fort Myers Beach, level. The pier, gone. The Sanibel Causeway washed away, cutting the island off to the mainland. Rescues now underway on the island. As cleanup begins from Ian, so does realization of how much it will take to rebuild. A recent report found 60% of Florida residents do not have flood insurance, but help is on the way. I approved the governor's most recent request for expedited major disaster declaration. President Biden promising nearly $38,000 for people who don't have enough home insurance and another 38000 for lost property. But for many, that may not be enough. More than 8,700 people already registering for help with FEMA. Well, Ian, still on the move. It's about to make its second U.S. landfall in South Carolina. It's going to be somewhere between South Carolina and Myrtle Beach around the Georgetown area. It will have the risk for tornadoes and damaging winds, especially these winds that could gust to more than 80 miles per hour as they push seawater ashore. That means storm surge, unfortunately, for Charleston to Myrtle Beach could be more than six feet. It can be deadly and devastating. Melissa Constanzer, their meteorologist with AccuWeather, will continue to track exactly where Hurricane Ian is headed. Uh, unbelievable amount of damage kind of becoming a little more clear in the last 24 hours. Back at home, charges against Chris Cook, CEO of New Era Cap Company, have been dismissed. Cook was accused of trying to hit a man with his vehicle outside a North Buffalo restaurant in May. He was originally charged with felony reckless endangerment. It was reduced in June to a misdemeanor. Yesterday, Judge Andrew Lotempio granted a defense motion and dismissed all charges against Cook. 
Well, moving on into the city of Buffalo, two weeks since demolition began at the Great Northern Grain Elevator, and it's become clear the process will be a lengthy one. Kathy Amder is Commissioner of Permit and Inspection Services for the City of Buffalo. It will be eight months before the site is is cleared and everything is packed up and, and they're out of there. So I think we'll have to give them um, the full eight months. They may not be dismantling for the full eight months. You know, towards the end, it will slow down. But it will be that long before they clear the site. Empire Building Diagnostics is the firm tasked with demolition. They have an engineer on site twice daily to oversee that project. The DEC reporting the project in full compliance. Additionally, Empire conducting perimeter air monitoring, so there is a record of dust mitigation as well. Buffalo, the city chosen to launch a new nationwide initiative to combat hate crime. WBEN's Max Ferry is here with more. Assistant Attorney General Kristen Clark of the Justice Department's Civil Rights Division, U.S. Attorney Trini Ross for the Western District of New York Thursday afternoon in Buffalo to announce a new initiative to combat unlawful acts of hate in the Western District of New York. We all need to look for hate and expose it so we can stomp it out. This event, United Against Hate, is designed to do all of the above, to bring us together in a meaningful way, to unite us against hate because there is strength in numbers. Together, we won't be defeated in our efforts. We will support each other. During the hard times, we will lift each other up and we will celebrate our victories together. Together, we are strong. We are united. Assistant Attorney General Clark says Attorney Merrick Garland recently announced the nationwide launch of the initiative last month and its expansion to all 94 U.S. attorneys' offices over the next year, Buffalo being one of the first. Folks walked out of this room today knowing who they need to have on speed dial to report hate crimes or hate incidents in their community. They walked away with a better understanding of what a hate crime is and what a hate incident is. That, to me, is success. I'm Max Ferry, WBEN.com News. Well, suicide rates increasing nationwide. After two years of declining modestly, provisional data from the CDC shows suicides in the U.S. increased 4% from 2020 to 2021. The largest increase was for males 15 to 24 years old, which jumped 8%, more than 8,700 for that age group in 2021 alone. There were no significant declines for any group last year. If you or someone you know is struggling with mental health, you can reach the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline by simply dialing or texting 988. Lionel Moyes, ABC News. Many Americans with student loans hoping to get some of that debt erased are finding out now that they don't qualify for the president's debt forgiveness program. Andy Field has more on that. Mr. Biden's Education Department Thursday quietly updated its list of who will qualify to eliminate some of that money owed. Now students with Perkins or federal family education loans will no longer get that debt erased. Nearly 4 million Americans have those loans, but the Biden administration tells ABC News only about 770,000 borrowers will actually lose out on the relief program. Six GOP-led states are now suing to stop the president's student debt forgiveness program. Well, this year, a new way to wind down after a long Thanksgiving run. WBEN's Brayton Wilson 
has more on a new way to support a Western New York tradition. It might just be the beginning of a beautiful friendship. It's, you know, one of the greatest traditions I think that we have here in Western New York. It's the oldest continually running foot race in the country. And, you know, we sort of thought it deserves its own beer. That's president and co-founder of Big Ditch Brewing Company, Matt Kahn, as Big Ditch and YMCA Buffalo Niagara have partnered to release the first beer ever brewed to celebrate the Buffalo Turkey Trot, Turkey Trotter Blonde Ale. It's going to be available starting Friday at Big Ditch Brewing Company. It's going to be available at all the stores where you get your beers from starting next week as well. That's former WBEN news reporter Mike Baggerman, now with YMCA Buffalo Niagara. The annual Turkey Trot is celebrating its 127th start in 2022 and is the world's oldest consecutively run foot race. Each year, the trot is held on Thanksgiving morning and begins on Delaware Avenue in North Buffalo while finishing near the Buffalo Niagara Convention Center where the post-race party is almost as popular as the race itself. And of course, Turkey Trotter will now be available for runners as a post-race drink to celebrate the season. You know, the great thing is with certain things that we're doing, working with different community partners, such as our announcement that we have with Big Ditch, it's a celebration of the runners throughout our 127 years. We're super excited for it. This year is going to be the best ever. More on the Turkey Trotter Blondale announcement is available for you online. Brayton Wilson, WBEN.com News. I love the label. Yeah, cool uh, idea, cool runners on the list. Maybe it's me. I like to think that every now and then. Sure. You know, anyone who's in the turkey try can be like, yeah, that's me on that can of beer. Um, but uh, I can say firsthand, good beer and uh, something worth checking out, especially if you're uh, stocking up for Bill's Tailgate, one of these Bill's Weekends. Uh, you know that a portion of that goes to a really good cause. So, hey. What a great partnership. Good right? way to uh, make it yeah. happen. You know Thanksgiving. It's uh, first get the fitness out of the way early in the morning, and then uh, you're going to be opening a few. So why not you make got your it a builds game there turkey to, trot beer? It's perfect. It's, it all works. Yeah. Your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast. Abundant sunshine this morning and then partly cloudy skies this afternoon. Temperatures today in the low to mid 60s. For tonight, you're going to find partly mostly cloudy skies. Lows in the mid 40s. On Saturday, mostly cloudy. Highs in the mid to upper 60s. Morning clouds can wait to sunshine on Sunday with highs back in the 50s. With your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, I'm Chief Meteorologist Aramid Kevin. Bills play-by-play man John Murphy joining us this morning as the Bills get set for the Ravens on the road Sunday. Hey, Murph, um, last night, I want to start here, Tua was injured in the game with the Bengals. A head and neck injury, he was taken off the field on a stretcher. Does this bring back the discussion about whether he should have been allowed to return in last week's game with the Bills? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It already has. And, and, you know, the uh, NFL Players Association, uh, uh, demanded a, an examination of what went on last Sunday in Miami, and that was already uh, those the process was already underway. I don't know how deep into it they got, but this will only put more attention on that. You know what happened now? The league has a uh, for each team on each sideline. There's a unaffiliated neurological consultant who uh, makes decisions about pulling guys out and helps with the evaluation. But the team ultimately uh, has the say as to when that player can return. So with that in mind, last week, uh, the Dolphins, uh, after uh, you know pulling uh, Tua off the field against the Bills and looking at him in the locker room and going through the uh, concussion uh, testing, decided that he did not have a concussion, and, and they made the decision to put him back out there. Um, I have no evidence that anything was wrong with that decision except for what happened last night, and who knows if those two incidents are connected. But um, the Dolphins made the decision, and that will be, I think, the focus of the investigation, you know, who made the call to put Tua back on the field uh, last Sunday? Who said he did not suffer a concussion? 
And what is, what's the connection between what happened last Sunday and what happened last night? I mean, there's just too many unanswered questions right now, but it's just, uh, it's just beginning. I think the debate has just uh, uh, been reignited as of last night. Well, certainly something to watch as that situation continues to unfold. Uh, moving to the Bills, John, uh, you know, the conversation is still about injuries. Uh, last week, just incredible. I'm still trying to figure out what to make of uh, what we saw in Miami last week between the you know physical injuries, the heat injuries, everything that happened in between. Where does the team stand now in terms of being healthy heading into Baltimore? Well, you know, they're a little bit healthier, but uh, they're not back yet. You know, they've got the... Obviously, um, you know, uh, Micah Hyde is out for the rest of the year, but a couple of players who uh, were hurt last week still haven't practiced uh, this week, including Jordan Phillips, who has a hamstring. He is uh, likely to be out a couple of weeks, Sean McDermott said, so that hurts their defensive line depth. Um, a cornerback, Christian Benford, the rookie from Villanova, with a broken bone in his hand. He hasn't practiced this week. He's, he's going to be out for a while. Gabe Davis, wide receiver, who uh, – did return last week and played a little bit, was limited in practice on Wednesday and did not practice yesterday. He's got an ankle issue. Who knows how long he'll be out. And there are others who did not play last week. Mitch Morse, uh, who has had limited work so far this week. We'll see what happens today. Ed Oliver, same category for him. Jordan Poyer, a, a key veteran, a starter, same thing. He's been limited. So it's still up in the air how healthy they'll be. There are some critical key players who will not be in the lineup against the uh, Ravens on Sunday, but a couple of others are are you know 50-50 at this point. We'll get a little bit better idea after practice today, I would think. Is there one player on either side of the ball that you think the Bills really need in their lineup this week on that from that well, injured list? It's hard to pick one. You know, it, as the week has gone on, and I think more about last week too, I think the loss of Mitch Morse last week, the fact that he did not play the Bills starting center, was a real problem. I mean, they had short yardage problems last week. They had problems running the ball consistently last week. Um, I, I have, I, I just think that has to be an issue. Uh, you know, not having Mitch Morse in the lineup, they lost their second string center during the game last week. So that made it worse. So he would be critical. And of course, Jordan Poyer on the other side of the ball, the bills, uh, starting safety, especially without Micah Hyde, I guess those two would be my choices for, you know, really critical guys who need to play uh, Micah Hyde and Jordan, or, uh, Jordan Poyer and Mitch Morse. Losing Micah Hyde, um, you know, what, what does that mean for the team? Aside from on the field, John, you know, I'm thinking about a guy who he, he's been here basically since McDermott and Bean got with the team. He's kind of been through the rise uh, of the Bills so far. And there's something about that steady hand where there hasn't been a ton of turnover on the roster in the last couple of years that's it's been reassuring. Now that's out the window a little bit with some of these injuries, especially with Hyde. Yeah, I mean, in general, overall, the Bills have been pretty fortunate for a couple of years with injuries. And they went into this year without Tredavious White. He is eligible to return uh, uh, after this fourth game, but who knows if he'll be ready next week. But they have they have dodged the bullet as far as injuries are concerned for a couple of years. And the fact that it's, it's hit with a vengeance this year, I think, is – it's just it's just luck. It's just bad luck. Uh, Micah Hyde in particular, I get what you mean. I mean, he and his partner back there, Jordan Poyer, well, I forget the stat, but I had it last week. They uh, to, the, Between the two of them, there have only been two games out of like 83 since they've arrived here where they both haven't been in the starting lineup. And so it is a, it's a vacancy. It's, it's, he's missed when he's not there on the field as a player and as a leader. I, I thought it was really good that Micah Hyde made the trip to uh, Florida last week to Miami and 
and was in meetings and on the sidelines. I thought that was a good sign for the Bills that uh, that he's you know at least uh, obviously he's interested, but at least he's willing to uh, you know be there in spirit with his teammates. But uh, he's definitely going to be missed. He's sort of a tone setter for that defense. He and and Jordan Poyer, and he's definitely going to be missed. He's a, a true leader on that roster. It's going to be rainy and windy Sunday in Baltimore. Wind gusts up to 30 miles an hour, we're told. We know the Bills are a passing team, and I've heard you say that they need to establish a running game. Is Sunday going to be a test for that? Yeah, I would think so. And, look, I know they're a pass, passing team, too, and I, that's what they do best, and they should continue to focus on the passing game. But there are times when they need a, a better running game than what they've had in order to just establish control of a game and to control the clock. I think it got out of hand uh, uh, as far as, and I know they had a big time of it, uh, of possession advantage last week, but they just are, are not in control when they can't effectively run the ball. And sure, if it's rainy and windy, uh, this would be the game to do it. Um, I, the Ravens, fortunately for the Bills, the Ravens through uh, the first three games have not been a real good defense. Uh against the pass or the run, especially against the pass. So there are uh, there are opportunities for the Bills to, to uh, move the ball and put up points this week. But I think uh, regardless of who they're playing, they've got to take care of their own business first. And to me, that includes a more effective running game. And I think it starts up front with a better play by the offensive line, which goes back to my point about uh, about Mitch Morris possibly returning this week. John hates to heap on the pressure at just week four, but you know, looking at the schedule and looking ahead – I mean, really, it's this week and in a couple weeks in Kansas City. These games are huge games in terms of, you know, at the end of the year, where the Bills want to be with home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Uh, you got two teams early in the season, and your only chance to really, you know, directly impact their win-loss record and, and yours too. Yeah, I mean, Bills fans lived through this last year, right, when they lost the, the opener against Pittsburgh and Went on to lose a, a, a really brutal game at Jacksonville. Uh, uh, lost at home to the Colts. All of a sudden, they have to go on the road to play the Chiefs in the playoffs. That's what they're trying to avoid. They want to get home field for the postseason. Um, this, uh, if it's any consolation, uh, Bills fans can think that this is the, the tough part of the schedule right now. You know, this game at Baltimore, home against Pittsburgh, and then a game at Kansas City, followed by a game at Green Bay after the bye, and after that quite frankly, the schedule loosens up a little bit. And, uh, you know, I thought going into the year, if they get through the first seven games with uh, four wins, um, I think they'll, they'll be all right. I still believe that, you know, they could be four and three after the Green Bay game and still come out with a really good record and, and get home field. But uh, obviously, you know, they won a couple of games early on by impressive passions against, uh, against the Rams and the Titans. And I know expectations were raised, but, this still remains the, the the meat of the schedule right now, and this is the way the schedule starts. So um, they need a win on Sunday, no question about it, but the schedule is getting uh, a little bit uh, easier as, as the weeks move along. All right, great talking with you, Murph. We'll be listening on Sunday. Thank you. All right. Thank you, guys. That's 930 in 716. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 